Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrath for Aleph. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Jordan Fermanis of Aleph. And this week we're discussing David Cameron's return to frontline politics. Jordan, go for it. Yes. Uh, so, Who's rec- David Cameron? What's happened? Recently, uh, former British Prime Minister David Cameron uh, returned to politics quite spectacularly mm. uh, to the role of Foreign Secretary mm. um, after a, a cabinet reshuffle in, in a number of um, portfolios. Um, but I think, but so the, the interesting thing about it was that it was a, it was a huge surprise um, and there's some quite um, humorous clips of television presenters with these like exasperated shocks when David Cameron gets out of the car at number 10 Downing Street uh, to go and see Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister. To the become, real Prime Minister. Yeah, the real Prime Minister to become uh, Foreign Secretary. Um, but I think what we want to talk about as a result of that is the idea of a return. Uh, so, look, so I think it might be useful just to look at the, the David Cameron story briefly. Um, why is this of interest to us in, in this particular context, Nick? Well, yeah, he, I mean, David Cameron was an interesting figure when he appeared because he was young and fresh mm. and uh, quite po- relatively popular, actually, mm. after the Tory party, which he is the leader, well, was the leader of, um, were in the doldrums for a very long time um, mm. because, you know, Tony Blair was, was uh, became Prime Minister in 1997 and then they had, we had uh, Labour all the way through to 2010. Mm. So David Cameron didn't, the, he, he formed part of a coalition government in 2010 and was prime minister for six years uh, and was not really much of a personality. I mean, it's difficult to say anything particularly significant about David Cameron. He uh, left his children in a pub once. Hmm. Uh, do you remember that? That's about the only thing I can remember. Um, but then, of course, his career ended in a little bit of a low because in order to hold together the Tory party... Um, he decided to cleanse the demon of Europe once and for all, which had been dividing the Tory party for years. And so uh, called the referendum about whether we should stay in the EU, fully mm. expecting, of course, that we simply would, mm. uh, like a sensible country. <laughs> but we didn't. Mm. And so in 2010, he resigned and we've had nothing but political instability and silliness ever since. Um, we've had uh, Boris Johnson. We've had, uh, what was that lady called? Liz, Liz Truss. Truss. We've had uh, Theresa May. We've had prime ministers every three minutes. We, yeah. We've been, it's, we've turned into Italy. And, um, uh, and it's uh, definitely tied up with his exit and how he uh, went about it. I right? mean, I mean, yes, it was a tricky thing to hand on to someone. But David Cameron, you know, just washed his hands of it and buggered off. So um, the interesting thing, which I hadn't really realised, is that he has been not prime minister for longer than he was prime minister, which is quite interesting. I mean, he was prime yeah. minister from 2010 to 2016. And, and he's uh, and he's and then that's like six, seven years he's been out of the game mm. before coming back. I, I mean, so, uh, yeah, so he sort of left, I think it's fair to say, in something of a disgrace, mm. you know, whether he the, should he have stayed to finish the job, we might discuss that. Um, should or should was he right to leave because you know he'd made a mess of things? Who knows? Okay, so so that's what's happened with David Cameron. But I guess what we want to talk about is why is this a compelling story, right? Why does this interest us of um, the prodigal son 
right? What, so And so perhaps just also what you can do, Nick, is um, I think you've got some other examples of, I, I don't know if it's politicians or something. What I will say, just looking back at the political realm, he's certainly not the first person to have made a, made a return to politics because uh, it's actually quite, it's not uncommon for former prime ministers to come back. To, Alec Douglas Hume was foreign secretary, having, um, you know, after after a couple of years, uh, after after finishing being prime minister, um, Arthur Balfour, same, uh, uh, Lord John Russell, uh, Arthur Wellesley, better known as the Duke of Wellington. Uh, three former prime ministers have come back as the Home Secretary. So those are the kind of big jobs. Um, uh, I mean, prime ministers, of course, have come back as as prime minister. So I think Harold Wilson, um, mm. you know, among other people, Winston Churchill, that's, that's mm. relatively common. Um, Less common in the sort of in, I, around these times, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but 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 I, I in the US it's very rare. Uh, I mean, in general, they don't really have the same. Obviously, in the UK, uh, for foreign listeners who might not know about our constitution, prime ministers and uh, and you know senior office officials like the um, like the foreign secretary and the home secretary are all MPs and they're all drawn from the same pool of MPs, right? Mm. Whereas in the US, the president is a totally different job. Mm. Having said that, some presidents have come back as, you know, senators or whatever, but uh, it is not, as as the, as the a former prime minister, you just become an MP. So you, you, you can, you know, you're still eligible to do other jobs. It's not like you have to Although go and be real. Although Cameron isn't an MP, right? But, but you know, but... He's a lord. He's a lord. Yeah, that, 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 that's um, yeah, the, how mean, you uh, circumvent this uh, stuff. Um, but uh, but uh, so in the US, it's only happened once that a president has has served two non consecutive terms. For example, Grover oh. Cleveland, twenty second and twenty fourth president. Of okay. The US. So um, the point is that you've been the prime minister. You've been a, you've been on a high. You leave and then you come back as something else. And oh. I think we want to talk about when that story is is good and when it's bad. And if you look back, you know, I think there are some much better stories of kind of interesting returns that people have made. Um, you, you'll have heard of King Wenceslas II of Bohemia. Oh. So his dad was killed in a battle and then he, he was locked in a castle for five years by his uncle, Otto von Brandenburg. But then he, when he was released, he, he gathered uh, all the support of his nobles and, and, then, um, and then came back to claim his throne, became a very powerful monarch in the 13th century there. Okay. Uh, Justinian II was another. He was overthrown by one of his governors, exiled, had his nose cut off oh. and then came back. Heading an army of Bulgar and Slav horsemen, oh my God. and and uh, retook the throne. He's um, not the plague guy, different just uh, in. Uh, oh, we uh, don't know. Might okay. be. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, later on, he was overthrown a second time, and that time they just murdered him. Oh. So that was the end of him. Uh, Harold Hadrada was quite interesting. You know, the guy who oh. lost the Battle of Stamford Bridge. Uh, he he was defeated. Um, he was defeated fighting his brother in in Norway, and then and then went into exile for several several years in the Byzantine Empire, and um, and then came back. You know, again gathered his support, came back and, and retook the throne. Um, Casimir the Restorer of Poland, similar story, forced into exile, and then the country collapsed, and he was basically asked to come back. Oh. Uh, Alexander Nevsky, another famous example of so he was he was banished after winning a battle against the Swedes, and then they they the Novgorodians essentially begged him to come back because oh. only only he could save them from the uh, from the uh, Teutonic hordes. This reminds me of when you tried to fire me from this podcast yeah. about a month or two ago. 
And then, lo and behold, two weeks later, begging me, begging well, I mean, me. That's right. So, you know, and then in modern times, we've got people like Nelson Mandela. Yeah. You know, uh, activist imprisoned for 30 years, released, becomes president. Look in other fields. Who do we think of? Robert Downey Jr., people like that. Um, you know, career high in the 80s, str struggled with substance abuse, disappeared from the radar, back, you know, big time. Uh, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, they've just had a single released. So, you know... I think some of this is stretching Steve stuff a bit, but Jobs, keep going. Steve Jobs, ousted from Apple, the company he helped create, and then, you know, came back and essentially was pivotal to its, to its great subsequent success with the iPod and the iPhone and all of that. So, you know, there are lots of real-life stories of people who've, um, for one reason or another, disappeared and then made a return. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also something that is quite prevalent in fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's all a lot of factual stuff, uh, real-life stuff. Um, Jordan, give us some more examples. Yeah, things. so I think probably the most famous return in fiction you have to go back to the Iliad Homer's Iliad mm. um, and Odysseus's homecoming uh, after 10 years of exile mm. um, to the island of Ithaca um, to reunite with his wife mm. uh, Penelope um, but I think and that I think spawned this kind of theme of returns in literature um, following that you had Virgil's Aeneid obviously um, you've got James Joyce's The Odyssey as well, of course, um, modelled on um, the Iliad. Um, but then there's, it's a kind of, it's a trope that continues right the way through to modern contemporary uh, literature as as well. Um, military stories, civil war stories, um, this idea of kind of leaving and then returning, coming home. Yeah, it's like the buildings romance. Yeah, you know, coming the of departure, age, story. the change, and then the return. Yeah. And it feels like it's important that everything's gone to shit when you uh, since you left. Exactly. I think that's true in the case of uh, Odysseus, isn't it? Yeah, um, and I think you know there, there, there's there's a few um, sort of in, uh, ingredients uh, for a successful literary return. Yeah, so let's look at this. Why is it? I mean, I oh, think. Hold on, sorry. I just want to. We haven't mentioned the Lord of the Rings, and that's very important because the third book of the Lord of the Rings is called Return, return of, of the, the King. King. Mm. Uh, the idea being, spoiler alert, if you don't know about does, the story. Does the king come back? Um, no, well, he not not really because he isn't a king to begin with. But you know, so uh, you've got um, Aragorn, who he comes from a line of Numenorian, Numenorian kings, mm. uh, but hundreds and hundreds of years in the past, mm. and um, and eventually comes back to lead the free peoples of Middle Earth in a victory against Sauron, and becomes king of Gondor, which was sort of his birthright, if you believe in that kind of thing. Uh, but I, mean, I have to say, no one voted for him. <laughs> but you know anyway but that's not the only return of course because yeah. the other great return in lord of the rings is uh is frodo who of course leaves the safety of the shire becomes a hero and then returns back to the shire where it has you know as we're saying sort of needs to happen slightly gone to shit and has to yeah. has to sort of restore order there which he can do now because he's returned a stronger and better individual yeah but yeah, also, I don't think it is the biggest return. In What's the name of the wizard bloke? Gandalf. Gandalf, yeah. yeah. Oh, arguably an even bigger return. Yeah, I mean, don't he, know. He, yeah. he gets killed by a Balrog of Morgoth. Yeah. And comes back even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of linked to the hero's journey in a way, which, yeah. we've, which we've spoken about before in the podcast. But yeah, there's a, there's a kind of narrative arc, I think, to, to, a, to a literary return. Um, so what do we need? So, I mean, I'm, I'm slightly worried that, um, you know, 
Are you worried that David Cameron might not meet all the <laughs> all the sort of yeah? No, I'm not worried at all about that. I, that yeah. Of a triumphant return. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think there's any um, worries about um, how that's going to go. Um, so no, I'm just worried because. Uh, are we going to be done and dusted with this podcast? Is this a quick one? Is it a short one? I don't no, we've know. We've got to drill into because, the features. Yeah, I, I think there's some very important distinguishing features that we want to see. Because I know a good that quality return. I'm going to sit here going, I'm going to take, I'm going to imitate Nick, right? I'm going to go. Oh, you're going to say, oh, it's all just a story. We like stories, okay? So newsflash. I think this is all about stories. We like we like <laughs> stories, okay? And yeah. it appeals to something in the human psyche, and that's mapped onto our literature because you know, of course, it's a reflection of our psyche. I think that's all what's going on here. Uh, anyway, let's break it down. What's what's going on? What do we need? What are the constituents? I've got a few features. Yeah. Um, okay. The first one I think is underdog factor. Um, I think there is something compelling about a figure regaining power against the odds after past failures, perhaps, or falls from grace. Um, and I think kind of, to bring it back to narrative, I think political returns often play into the underdog uh, narrative. Mm. But I think the second factor is surprise and drama. Mm -hmm. I think, um, and that's that was kind of evident in the David Cameron example as well. Um, there was a huge element of surprise, yeah, which, yeah. I think, which I think we're kind of yes. um, you know, intrigued by. Yeah. Then I think that the last one I think is the idea of redemption. I think there's a kind of strong feeling there of like comebacks offering uh, an opportunity to rewrite the story, or, or so, you know that that kind of um, that kind of thing as well. Um, so I think those are the three the three main features I've come across. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, I agree with all those, but I think yeah, the redemption one's a really really strong uh, factor. Um, well, I, I think there may we may be looking at different categories okay. of return, but. So I think there's I think there's four main things we need to ask uh, to characterize a return. Right. Mm. Firstly, did you leave on a high or a low? Now this is this already sets up two different potential arcs. Because there's there's the if if you if you left on a high, so you did a great job and and then you you bowed out, that's one option. But if you if you finished on a high and were kind of forced out, which which obviously has happened. Like, you know, things were successful, you were a good king or whatever. And then you're forced out wrongly. You've been wronged. Hey, presto, we've got the balance books need redressing, don't they? Mm. Whereas if you just leave on a high, uh, you know, then uh, then that sets up a different type of potential return, which is, if you like, is the kind of coming back for one last job. Mm. We need this guy back. Just things have last, gone wrong. Après yeah. moi, la deluge mm. kind of problem. Um, but then there's, uh, of course, the, you know, the kind of you cocked everything up kind of kind of problem which sets up a, uh, the redemption arc uh, story instead. So I think we've already got three potential sorts of stories there. Um, but then, you, then you've got to ask as to, yeah, so you've got that, that's essentially what happened. Was it a, were, you, were you good or bad when you were there? And, and were you, did you choose to leave or were you forced out? Those two questions kind of set up the, the beginning. And then, it, and then what happens when you return? So uh, were you asked to return? I think that's very important. If you have the kind of we you being reluctantly thrust back into power yeah, yeah. because, you know, because you were so really good and now the people yeah, want you yeah. back or you could, you know, potentially the kind of cleaning up the mess scenario, you know, you, you're, you're being brought back because you've got to sort this this stuff out that you yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but but I don't think that's very common. Um, but then we have the, uh, you know, the, the crucial question of when you returned. 
was it a success? Because I think you know the the, the it's almost if you get those some those things the yeses and nos wrong in this checklist, what you have instead is a simple tragedy. You know, you get the person who was a great king, and then they come back, and they it all goes horribly wrong because of their you know because of some kind of uh, character failure. Um, so I, I think you you know so the triumphometer is you know score one for a yes on each of these four questions. Did you leave on a high? Did you choose to leave? Were you asked to return? And was your return a success? And so I think David Cameron at the moment is arguably potentially on one of those. I would say certainly didn't leave on a high. No, yeah. he possibly you could say he chose to leave. So that on that, on that in that respect, it's kind of good. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't. I know the prime minister asked him to return, but I don't think he was back. You might say by popular demand. Yeah. Um, and was it a success? Too early to tell. Too early to tell. But um, you know, we we uh, we shall watch his career with interest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you were going talking through that, it made me think of uh, we missed um, a uh, another political return, Lula in Brazil, right? Right. And I was just thinking through those how you explained it there. Oh, so okay. he, what does he score? So he's um, um, so he definitely left on a high. Right. The most popular. Uh, unusual I think his popularity grew whilst in power which is very unusual um, and um, but because they have a two presidential like a lot of constitutions right so he had to leave anyway but what's interesting is a little twist is when he went away of course it was a far-right government Bolsonaro that came in and utterly sort of I don't 100% know is the truth sort of populist left winger Lula? well he starts out as a super radical uh, populist left winger back in, way who's the guy from Nicaragua like Ortega like yeah. very very left wing and in let's say the 60s he started out as a trade union leader of course um, and and what happened would, would just run every four years would run for president and never get anywhere but he moderated his position over the years over the decades right. and was eventually elected and was actually by my interpretation I was a Latin American analyst at the time was a pretty good force he was a sort of a, a, a sort of a responsible uh, leader anyway whilst he was away he then got imprisoned um, and sort of Perfect. you know everything got torn mm. up um, by the right-wing government was he guilty was he not who quite knows but then was released um, and then was definitely so point two definitely by popular demand right people want him to run again and he run and he won um, verdict still he's still you know obviously he's incumbent now so was he gonna be successful or not I don't know but but let's see I think but I think a kind of key difference is especially in that example like Lula returned as president I think that the thing David Cameron didn't return as prime minister mm. he's returned as a foreign secretary which is still a big job but it's not as big as the one he held previously so I wonder if that it's like is the comeback is I don't know if that it quite counts. Quite counts as a triumphant return because it's like, well, yes, you've come back to politics, but you have you've kind of come back a bit lower than you left it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't think it's I don't think this is setting up to be one of the all time great triumphant <laughs> returns, basically. And just to sorry, and just one other thing that's got me talking about, um thinking about rather, um, is Kenny Dalgleish. Okay. Okay, you're slightly out of my comfort zone here. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of him. Um, so famously, um, a Glaswegian a footballer, amazing strike, started his career at Celtic, Glasgow Celtic, and then moved to Liverpool and was, you know, uh, just one of the best strikers of, of Liverpool's history. Went on to win all sorts of championships. He was and kind trust. of 70s type time. Uh, right? Yeah, 70s into 80s. Right. And then didn't um, he manage. Um, but then he went and managed them and mm. he did, I, I don't 
think he won the league with him. I could be wrong, but never quite. Um, was never quite as successful as a manager, it was my feeling. And he might even had a couple of, I think he had a couple of stints as manager, actually. And the second one was not as successful as the first, I think. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to leave them one yeah. more, I And think. he did win the league somewhere else as a manager at Blackburn. But anyway. Well, have you heard um, of a lad called Gareth Southgate? I haven't. Yeah, See, well, there we go. How about I mean, that? He, he was a national joke when he missed a penalty. I, mean, yeah. I, don't, I can't remember under what circumstances, but was, then he came back Euros as manager 96. of the England team and we, and we lost yeah. again. On penalties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I've, I derailed us there. So, I mean, Nick, what were you going to go on to? Yeah, I think, um, I think Jordan's talked a bit about the sort of, uh, yeah, how you might, so I've, I've provided a list of things where you might decompose the arc a bit, but I think Jordan's given us these sort of big overarching arcs you know which and i think yeah. redemption is one of them but also so what i was just having a think about like what aspects of these um so store you know we we often talk about why it is that particular types of story particular story archetypes are uh we like them yeah. and so i was just sort of thinking what do these what virtues if you like do these stories help promote what yeah. things yeah, do yeah. we learn what things are we encouraging by telling these stories. And, and I think there are quite a few, actually. Like yeah, Quite absolutely. apart from success is better than failure. Mm. Um, you know, because... It, so I think that, I mean, the, almost like the last question, when you return, is it successful? It, that that is almost necessary if you don't have that then it's a tragic ending so you've got to end you've got to have that return the return has to turn out to be a success so there's the sort of general look being successful is good i mean that's fairly obvious um but i think you know what the the idea of someone leaving when they're doing a good job is all is a kind is always sort of promoting the idea of humility promoting the idea that you shouldn't seek status it's it's telling a story about how uh you know how how really what we want is a king who's there almost reluctantly you know that that this guy's done a great job and then he's he's gone into retirement to go and you know like become a bean farmer like Jim, jimmy carter did mm. we love all that um and you know and, and that almost actively resists that call back to power it's almost the, the sort of platonic ideal of a um of a uh, you know a kind of leader who is who is uh, there almost you know against their will. Yeah, the reluctant so, hero. Exactly, and, yeah. and and so and I think that's why we like that whole that whole you know the character who who is called back for one last job, the kind of Rambo figure, you know, who who's who was amazing. He was the best in the world, and now they're a cattle farmer or something. Mm. And you know, I I think I think and I think all of that is to encourage it encourages us to see as a virtue, you know, not, you know, deliberately not seeking power. So it's almost like saying what we want is competence without the desire for power. Yeah, 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 and yeah. this story has all that. Yeah. It has the lack of desire for power and it has the competence to be a good leader when you're, when you're actually there. So, um, yeah, so I, and, and to a sense, you can, in a sense, you can say, well, the redemption story, which is a version of this, is, a, is, is sort of encouraging you to self-improve and, and sort of almost saying, um, if first you don't succeed, you know, try and try again. But, but to encourage you to say, you know, you, you, you can, it's not all over, you mm. know, leaving power. Well, look, there's all these examples, historical and fictional, you know, where someone has lost everything and then come back to regain it triumphantly. Yeah, so I think all yeah. of those things are things that obvi just obviously have yeah, a kind of Yeah, this fusion of integrity, uh, competence and perseverance mm. and 
Yeah, sorry, uh, Jordan. All Jordan. things that you would say David Cameron has. <laughs> in abundance. Yeah. yeah. Humility as well. Yeah. 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 Resilience as well. I was also thinking authenticity as well, because there's something about, especially if you leave on a low, like having to come back and say, yes, I got these things wrong, admitting your errors, um, and then kind of... Uh, you know, turning it uh, turning it around, I suppose. Um, there's a, there's a, there's an authenticity marking there as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, I suppose on the non-returners, on on the rest of us, there's something of a kind of um, encouragement to be potentially forgiving. And and uh, I, I mean, there is you know you you might have heard, I mean you you've, everyone's heard of the prisoner's dilemma, but there's a very famous experiment in the 70s and 80s. Well, I mean it's it's a sort of long running thing that people people do frequently, which is this kind of tournament where you get different pr prisoner's dilemma strategies to play each other, and um, the one that sort of routinely wins um, is the one that is uh, both punishing and forgiving at the same time. So it, it will generally it's the strategy where you start by cooperating but if the person defects against you then the next game you defect against them but if they cooperate again then you cooperate again to them and and so robert axelrod ran this experiment wrote a book called the evolution of cooperation and i think it's interesting how that maps into you know that that is the successful strategy it is both it's it's punishing it doesn't give it doesn't cut you any slack if you defect then you get defected back but it also is willing to give you a chance to turn things around. Mm. And it does better than, you know, things like the grim strategy, where as soon as you get defected against, that's it. You defect for the rest of the game, for example. So so I feel like this uh, this sort of idea of a return has all of those elements to it, uh, which probably, you know, well, we've, well, I think we've discussed a whole load of, yeah. you know, positive features, positive, positive sort of... Um, aspects of human nature that this these stories encourage so it makes sense to me that they're yeah. they're universal absolutely you know. okay right let, let's round things off here's a i got a couple of questions i can i can't quite decide by the way i don't if, i think you guys know this but i don't ever think these questions up as we're speaking right so it's utterly not planned i think you yeah yeah um, i think that's obvious to our <laughs> listeners <laughs> Um, so uh, first one is no who or what would you like to see uh, experience a triumphant return okay you can choose real life or you can choose literature um, or another question give me an example of your your own return that was meant to be triumphant and, and possibly was triumphant or maybe it was a failure I don't know I think the last one would, would be the most interesting to hear okay I'll, I'll kick things off to get our sort of juices flowing um I think the first one, predictably, I have a, my own personal uh, return, which was years ago um, when I had a telesales job. And I was in that job for, it was my first job as a non-teacher. Um, and I did that for six months. And I left on a high to go on to greater things, okay? To go somewhere else, flogging sponsorship over the phone. Um, I promptly got fired from that job after about two months. Right. Um, and I went back um, to the first place, sort of, and said, hey, uh, what do you reckon I'd like to come back, please? Um, and of course they, they bit my hand off cause I'd been so amazing when I was there <laughs> and I think I was there for about two weeks and I just kind of, I, it just fizzled out. I was just a bit bored by it all. And I just went and saw them and said, um, I think I'm going to leave actually. I'm a bit, you know, I've kind of had enough. And I remember saying, does, um, does the manager want to have a word with me? have a chat like an exit thing and my boss went and spoke to him and then came back and just said no nah, you're okay just 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 go it's fine and it was just all very very much a damp squib so it was oh, a, a shame it was an untriumphant return yeah you know um 
Triumph and Return, I'd like to see. I'd like to see uh, uh, Gordon Brown. I'd like to see him come back. Oh, God. Okay, I mean, <laughs> I suppose he's got the first ingredient of a sort of disgraceful exit. I think he's got integrity, and I think he's competent. Maybe. You know, uh, anyway. He's a great chancellor. Yeah. I mean, that was where it all went wrong. I mean, it's a great tragedy because Tony Blair was an amazing prime minister. I don't care what you think, listeners. I mm. think he was an amazing prime minister. And I think Gordon Brown was an amazing chancellor. And as a pair, they were brilliant. They were the Beatles. And they were the uh, Lennon and McCartney of British politics. And the but the fact, you know, his his ambition was his downfall because he's just obviously going to be a terrible Prime Minister Gordon Brown. Well, you just pissed all over my chips. Thank you. Um, but um, arguably, because I was going to say last... He's not coming back. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I, you could argue that our last great Prime Minister... You could make an argument for Gordon Brown, and I, I accept what you've said. But you could... I, you, you'd have a stronger case, probably, if you're saying the last proper great Prime Minister, Tony Blair. I think that wouldn't... Yeah, I, I don't think it's particularly... Sure. You know, I, I'd be happy arguing that. Yeah, call, I, I, think. I, I do think I think we might have been saying Boris Johnson if it weren't for COVID. I think he was very unlucky. I think he could have he could have really grown into the job. Of yeah. Boris Johnson. Well, it's uh, yeah, he yeah, it was his eye to detail as well. So attention to detail. Um, right. Uh, one of you go for it. Uh, I found uh, bring back Jules. Jules. Who's Jules? Who? Sorting oh, Jules. Oh, yeah. you mean the activity hey, of that would be good. Should make a triumphant return. Should make a triumphant okay, yeah. return. Okay. I think that's a good way to sort nice. out some problems. Good call. Speaking of Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> and uh, think actual good journalism. I'd like to see the comeback of good journalism. I think we've uh, gone down a bit of a sewer recently. Um, free education. I'd like to see <gasps> the return of. Absolutely. He's interpreted this very... <laughs> yeah, he's a sort of, loosely, I, I kind of like but, this, but you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> When education, free education one comes walking through the into the room and in this, yeah. is in parades and yeah. uh, everyone's going, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And big wagon wheels and white dog poos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Nick. Yeah, I've had a few uh, failed triumphant returns myself. Mm. Failed by my own standards, I have to say. But um, one massive was I, success by anyone else's. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is that, you know, I've, I remember coming back to my old uh, secondary school after having left for a different sixth form mm. and sort of seeing myself as a, it, it really, I, f I thought, well, it's, you know, I've, I'm in this new, exciting, changed person. Were you invited back to give a speech else, or, or no? Or it yeah, was to just... go to this sort of photography event thing. Okay. I wasn't invited back as a hero. <laughs> no. I thought, no, yeah. it was literally, it was like six months later or something. I was just going oh. back with some, to meet some friends of mine. And, and I felt, but I felt like, um, you know, I, I I felt as soon as I got back that I was just I was just me again, you know. And the similar thing happened when I left the civil service and and um, I came back to, uh, you know, for someone's leaving drinks. And I thought, well, there I'm private sector guy now. I'm director of a company. I'm a big shot. Mm. I'm going to walk in and everyone will, you know, turn around and we'll look whispering at me. and pointing. And, yeah, yeah, be admiring my my yeah. pinstripe suit and my Rolex watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, it, it just nothing of that sort happened. People asked a few questions and that was it. Um, but so so I I think it's it's dangerous trying to set yourself up for a triumphant return because the problem is that you know you might have changed, you might be different, but they don't know that. So the word of warning there for David Cameron: don't expect us to you know see the change that you've uh you've whatever's happened inside you um but it, what do I, who do i want to make a triumphant return easy peasy michael bean who's michael bean who's michael bean um played uh carl reese in um in uh, the terminator played hicks in aliens 
He was like going to be the biggest action star ever. And then he apparently wasn't really into fame and publicity and stuff. So he kind of fizzled out. Uh, you know, he's still acting, I think. But it's a shame. I want him to come back as a big megastar. And I know he's like probably in his 60s or something, but I don't care. I want Michael Bean back on my screen. Mm. And um, that also rhymes, <laughs> so I might put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> okay. All right, let's stop there. Come back. if you. He's probably out there listening. Michael Bean, yeah, we want you back. On. The demand's there. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Jordan Fermanis and Nick Hare of Aleph. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>